Solo Charlie Delta, emergency, calling all channels. Come in, multiple instrument failure, electrical failure. Fuel status critical. Why won't somebody listen to me? Please get me out of this bloody mess. Well, welcome back, everybody, to Take Me to Your Reader, discussing adapted fiction of various kinds at its best and worst. <laughs> I'm Seth. I'm James. And I'm Colin. And this time we are picking up some late holiday entertainment uh, that we couldn't quite work out uh, for before Christmas, but that's okay, because we had already done an episode for December. Uh, James is back from Woo-hoo. South America. so And so what we're going to be talking about is a short film on Disney Plus called The Shepherd, which is adapted from a Frederick Forsyth novella-ish I'd say novella. novella. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. not very long. Of the same. But it's name. not a short story though. It's longer than a short story, but shorter than yeah. a novella. <laughs> well, on on my device, it said 125 pages, but there were illustrations too. So you know, it it read a, a bit shorter than that. It read like something that was in a magazine, and I don't I don't remember the. It was two glasses of, of wine and Lacroix. Okay, and a Lacroix, <laughs> and a Lacroix. Well, you you dilute your wine with Lacroix? Nah, I just ran out of wine. Okay. More, 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 I, more like I didn't want to open another bottle. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, the short story is the same name, and it's from when, Colin? 1974, where Mr. Forsyth wrote it as a gift for his wife, a Christmas gift, hmm. and it was published almost exactly one year later. Oh, wow. Nice. That's cool. How sweet. So if you want to find it, you can Google it, and you know, I did find a place that you can just read it online, so if you want to do that, you can. And I read it in one sitting, mm-hmm. it, uh, you know. 125 pages, it felt like more like 50 to me. Well, I think it's 125 Kindle e-ink pages. It's not 125 physical pages. Right, yeah. It's not like you have to click five times on the nook to to get through one page or anything like that. I did feel like I was clicking along like, crap, (laughs) those pages went fast. Yeah, they went real fast. (laughs) Um, but, uh, But yeah, this is, Colin had mentioned the other day something about ghost stories and Christmas. Yeah, ghost stories are a Christmas tradition for a really, really, really long time. Uh, mm-hmm. Started off, you know, as as oral stories told around fires and in houses and stuff, <laughs> and then kind of transitioned into uh, being printed when yeah. we had printing presses. Yeah, when you said it to me on on the Froth course oh, a back then, did you know that there's like a tradition of ghost stories? And I went, yeah, it's it's right in the song. There'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of right. Christmas long, long ago. Dickens was not original. <laughs> yeah. Not in writing ghost stories, no, no. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's yeah. what I meant. But what's fun is once television came about, the BBC started releasing Christmas stories at Christmas. Uh, The stories of M.R. James were very popular. Hmm. And uh, as an interesting crossover thing, uh, Phil and I on Science Fiction 101, uh, my other podcast, reviewed the November-December 2023 edition of Uncanny Magazine. And there is an essay in there about the adapted short stories of M.R. James by the BBC. Hmm. Mr. James, huh? Yes. Well, I lost my notes. I, I, I took them on, on a device that I thought would save them, and it apparently did not. Well, that's what you get for using an, an Android. I guess so. I probably typed them in on Windows, honestly. <laughs> Toy phone. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, yeah, that's your second problem. <laughs> yeah. Yes, this is, this is a story that none of us were familiar with. Nope. Nope. Hadn't come across it before. How did we come across this, actually? You know, I have my ears on a lot of sources where I look for adapted works of all kinds. Okay. Um, the important ones, those are made out of science fiction, often get put on our list. Right. And uh, if it's like close enough in time to where we might, you know, draw some interest from people because of it, then I, right. I usually bring it up. Uh, although I think we have the next several episodes already mapped out. True. But we, we were able to slot in an extra one because it's Christmas time, and That's we usually Christmas. do something yeah. genre adjacent one way or another <laughs> for yeah. Christmas. It's time. usually hard to find legit like 
science fiction Christmas. Right. It is. It is. Yeah. yeah. Was this one from you, or did I find this one? No, I can't remember. I thought I did, but I, okay. you know, I'm pretty, pretty sure I found it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> yeah. Well, somebody told me about it, and then I went back to the same place, and it had been shut down for <clears throat> years. So. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Uh, so quick, I, I mean, as I said, you, you can go read it. It won't take you very long. You know, maybe a couple of hours, a couple of glasses of wine. Right. Mm-hmm. And a LaCroix. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or you know, mug of tea or that that kind of thing. Um, Hot toddy. But uh, let's let's talk about what the what the story is about. Well, it's nineteen fifty seven, and our young British aviator is going to fly a plane home so that he can be home with his family for the holidays. And he's in Germany, and he's going to go home to Lackenheath. Yes, yes. correct. The, the plan is to fly across the channel and then grab a train and get there in time for Christmas. And uh, as he is over the the channel. He loses almost all electricity in his, his jet and begins to do everything that he has been taught. Um, tried visual navigation, but there's a fog bank. He tried other kinds of things, and that didn't work. Tried flying in a triangular pattern, which is supposed to take or get the attention of people on radar to let him know that uh, you know he's something is bad. Yeah. And he's running out of fuel. He's running out of hope. He's running out of prayers. <laughs> and then a he's plane living shows on up. a prayer. and this plane guides him down to a little base out in the middle of nowhere and uh where he learns that the that no one has any idea that he was up there they didn't send a plane to go get him and the plane that he saw hadn't been seen for 20 years 14 years 14 14 years Yeah. yeah and may have been the ghost plane of johnny cavanaugh who at the end of every one of his missions would go back out and help guide in people who needed help finding their way home from their last missions during World War II. Right. And that's that's where the creepy ghost story happens in this story. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I wouldn't call it hard science fiction. It's more of a gourd, gourd story? Gourd story. Go, ghost story. Um, <laughs> but uh, it has a lot of like elements that, like for somebody who isn't a pilot, kind of tell you about what, what emergency procedures are, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. and, and it was interesting, like him going through all those things and then realizing, okay, I need to, to do like two minute triangles, um, and flying that way. That way, if anybody on radar sees that they don't just go, somebody's well, drunk. That's weird. You know? <laughs> like, it's, it's actually a signal to the, the radar operators right. to say, Hey, send somebody up to guide this guy down. Yeah. Now if you fly loop the loops, they're going to ignore you. But if you do triangles, you get their attention. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I meant to look up if they actually did that. I don't know. Cause I don't know how true that is. Historically accurate, I suppose. Well, and most of your adventures happened under the water rather than over right. it. I didn't, I didn't mind fog so much. <laughs> yeah. Or ice. Yep. <laughs> Though I guess that meant you could... I don't know. Ice, ice, ice could be problematic. Yep. You'll still need to come up for air at some point. So, do you like the story? I like the story. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 like a, I, I like a period piece. I like mm-hmm. a ghost story. Uh, it was you know, Christmassy enough to have my attention for the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought it was a nice Christmas story. Mm-hmm. And, in you know, right along the lines with the ghost, ghost, ghost story tradition of, of of old, I suppose. And then, you know, Christmas Carol. Like, yeah, nice ghost yeah. story. I like it. I feel like you can you can ask, a, a lot of people have a story of, you know, mysterious person who helped them out that they never True. saw again, you know, and they're like, was that an angel? You know, and this right. is one of those kind of stories, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. If you're going to adapt this, how do you do it, Colin? <laughs> oh. Um... I wouldn't have done it like this, to okay. be honestly. To be honest, um, the, the, you spend so much time 
in the story in the pilot's head. So you're right there with him the mm-hmm. whole time. You know what he's thinking. You know what he's feeling. Mm-hmm. I think there were some attempts with music and some some cuts to duplicate that effect, mm-hmm. but they didn't work as well for me. Hmm. Not to say that they, they wouldn't work for other oh, people. Wait, but so they you're didn't saying you straight me. up wouldn't adapt it? Like this shouldn't have never become a no, just not this way. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I would have done. I would have had the pilot talking more because at mm-hmm. one point he says, you know, well, I'm doing this because of this. I'm doing this because they, they train us, right? Fly triangles. I have this much fuel left, but then there's, it's just quiet. Yeah. I mean, right. that's the way it would be for him. Right. Except for his thoughts. Except for his thoughts. Yeah. yeah so you get to watch him think and that. It's kind of hard to watch me think. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so he's processing some of it out loud. Right. right? Where, where, where he, he, you know, he prays at some point he, he's doing a bit of cursing. Um, mild curses, bloody. Right. It, it's for us. It doesn't sound like a curse word, but some places it does. Right. Um, Phil, we're sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and then then like he's continuing to try to call out on the radio, and mm-hmm. so talking about you know this may be my last transmission. I'm going to go into my flying triangles, kind of thing. So he's he's processing it that way. And I think we did mention it's on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. It's 40 minutes, and so. In a film that short, you have to decide where you're going to spend your time, right? Right. And, and they mm-hmm. clearly wanted to have enough time after he landed to to kind of land the story, um, because yeah, because most of the you know most of the action of the story is in his head while he's flying, trying to get out of the emergency, mm-hmm. and they they seem to like not want to take extra time. You probably could have could have done an hour film easily, maybe if yeah. you wanted to show more of that. But it did it did some like some jump cuts that showed time passing because he went pretty quickly from almost full fuel to critical fuel. So they want, they wanted to, right. to milk the, the last little bit of it, the ghost story part of it. Yes. Which they made ghostier. They did. Yes. Right. Uh, 50%, hundred uh, percent um, more ghosts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and in this case, you know, the, when, when the plane shows up, uh, we should mention the plane's a vampire. So right. staying on brand for our, some of our recent uh, work that we've done. Yes. Um, and I just love those or, those early jets. I I had lots of cool, uh, yeah. diecast World War II oh, yeah. and beyond yeah. era planes nice. like the P thirty eight Lightning and the um, I, think I like I the other mosquito one the well. mosquito yeah. <laughs> bloodsuckers yeah. yep all bloodsuckers <laughs> um, but uh, the the plane shows up and it's John Travolta in it and one of the changes that they make here is since the guy's radio is out he can't receive mm-hmm. or send. Mm-hmm. Where uh, at least he can't receive right. um, because he can't he can't ever hear anything. Um, and so everything is. Otherwise, done through, really receiving though. <laughs> yeah, everything <laughs> is done head. between the pilots using yeah. hand signals. Right? right, right. Yeah, and that's straight out of the story as well. Right, but it's a little different here because he can seem to receive a little bit. Yes, or, or at least telepathic communication. Right, <laughs> ectoplasmic. <laughs> oh, very nice. Yes, <laughs> ectoplasmic communication. Simultaneous, simultaneous <laughs> ectoplasm. <laughs> But you you had a little bit of a problem with the verbal communication. Yeah, one, it's non canonical. Two, it's completely non it's completely unnecessary. And right. uh, three, there are other ways to explain what they're doing. So right, it, when the guy says, "Oh, he's motioning for me to put my," you know, he's giving me the signal to put my landing gear down. I'm going to tell him I've got three minutes of fuel left. And I've who is he talking to? The other pilot who can see him through the window, or himself thinking out loud. Yeah, he'd have to be thinking. I think that would have been a, a better way to go. A, a lot. I don't. In a lot of I, in a lot of spaces, I think I he disagree. could have like, I don't know. Thought out I'm not sure or, why he's talking to himself. Yeah. In that case. Uh, well, I think 
Because Colin and I talk to ourselves all the time. You're the weirdo. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not that I don't talk to myself. <laughs> it's just what I'm saying is him talking to himself is non-canonical as well. Oh, sure. But in a in an adaptation, there has to be some degree of change. Or so I agree. Told. Like, like, the, like the other pilot talking to him. <laughs> That's one way to do it. If James, you were supposed to be arguing this. I said you guys were going to have an argument. <laughs> and see how I've turned the tables. <sighs> yes. Yes, Don't dance for me, puppet. Dance. <laughs> <laughs> Some men just want to see the world burn. Yes. Watch the world burn. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I, I didn't. I didn't mind that bit of adaptation because it still led into the hand signals, right? Where he had to give hand signals back to say, you know, right. here's, here's my fuel status and, and that kind of stuff. Which they changed. It was five minutes in the book, three minutes in the movie. They had to pick up the pace, I yeah. guess. Yeah. yeah. You always got to shorten stuff up. I mean, it's forty minute movie. It takes you probably more than forty minutes to read the book. So at least it did me. Did it? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. It did go pretty fast, I have to yeah. say. Yeah. Um, so then yeah, he, he, he lands and and comes in and is, is greeted by the dude uh, mm-hmm. Tannis Tannis from uh, the Underworld movies. Right. <laughs> and uh I thought in the book that there was gonna be something where like he landed and he had landed like in the past or something and then he was gonna take <laughs> off again and go back <laughs> to the future. Oh, <laughs> oh that would have been l- lousy. Or or he landed and found out that Oops. the Langoliers were eating everything or that's a copyright violation. Oh boy! Yeah. Um, but but yeah, the same kind of thing happens where he he finds out that the pilot who had assisted him had been lost mm-hmm. mo- more than a decade ago. Lost to say. And then, as he's picked up by the people from the base he was trying to reach, he learns that the man that told him about the ghost right was also a ghost because right. he had landed at a completely abandoned base. Right. right. And so the runway lights were never on in in real for real. Right. They were ghost lights. And nobody drove him from his plane over to the building he was in. And yeah, so how did he get there? <laughs> you know, he, he got like the taxi cab from Scrooged, right? <laughs> so, yeah. And that, I mean, I, I kind of like the second layer ghost story, but I wouldn't. Yeah, was it, it wasn't necessary. Yeah, I, I kind of yeah. dug it. I mean, in, in for a penny, in for a pound <laughs> of change. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but then yeah, then you have to explain. Okay, so maybe you can hallucinate a plane, but then you hallucinate a runway. And being in right. a warm building and everything else. It's like, Are you oh, saying it's a hallucination? And a whiskey. <laughs> it's not a hallucination. It's, whiskey. it's a ghost story, right? True. True. So there's a ghost plane and a ghost pilot and a ghost base <laughs> and a ghost... Ghost what runway? Wing? That wasn't wingman. He was a... Shepherd? Shepherd. No, no, no. The the guy, the, the ghost on the ground. No. In the book, he was a Batman. Batman, yeah. Yes. Oh. Yeah. He was he was John... John Cavanaugh or whatever? No. Jack Cavanaugh. Jack Johnny Cavanaugh. JK. There you yes. go. He was JK's Batman. Yeah. I mean that's that's a, a sort of a traditional thing where you have a, a gentleman officer and and an enlisted man who's more of a mm-hmm. commoner. Um think Sam and Frodo. Well back then they were all yeah. Uh, officers were aristocratic. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was Johnny Canadian in the book? No, he was no, Irish. He's Irish. Yeah. So again, why did they change that? I don't know. I don't know. That's silly. Because well, it's John Travolta. Yeah. He's like, I'm not going to be I, I have absolutely no problem with that because he probably was the one who sponsored this movie being produced. And so he's like, yeah, I want to be cast in it. So make a reasonable change uh, because there were Canadians who helped out in World War II sure. in the RF. Well, um, and it is kind of a nice nod to the history of this story mm-hmm. because from 1979, it has been broadcast by CBC almost every year at Christmas. Oh, Nice. So yeah, that way he doesn't have to put on cool. an accent or anything, and it still makes sense. Yeah. So I didn't. I didn't mind that. You could have. Yeah. You could have cast Colin Farrell. Oh, or, man, that's fair. Or, or, See, there were no accents in the book. <laughs> true. true. <laughs> of course, if he didn't have to talk, then you then wouldn't he wouldn't have to do it in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. That's where they screwed up. Yeah. 
As soon as they decided that he was going to talk, then they make they make that change. This is the thing, right? There is a chain of causality that that happens in adaptations when you when you decide, I'm going to make this change. I'm going to age this character up. Well, now now you have some different things, or I'm going to change the gender or race of this character. Now you have to change some some peripheral things, and I don't I don't mind that that kind of thing um, if it doesn't spin it off and completely lose the point. Unless you become a paladin, in which case then you've just gone overboard. <laughs> yeah. Adaptation butterfly effect. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. It can be good or bad. Ripples, ripples, ripples. So I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was fun. Yeah. 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 I, I like the, yeah. I like the story better, but the movie wasn't bad. Yeah. Yeah. General sentiment, agreed. <laughs> I mean, it's not gonna become a Christmas classic that I watch every year. No, not like spirited. Right. <laughs> I did watch it this year. I know. That's why I brought we it did up. Too. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought about it. It's it's really not a bad movie. It just it shouldn't have been an adaptation or a reinvention of the Christmas of a Christmas Carol. That's again. That's my opinion. Yeah, yeah. So I think we're wrapped on right. the on the thing. Do you do we want to rank them? I don't think it matters. Um, but you said I, you I think Colin just did rank them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 For all of us. <laughs> I mean, I think I probably preferred the story as well. Yeah. But but I didn't have any problem with the movie. So. Yeah. What did you like about this in particular, James? I like the uh, dedication to the shepherds of World War II at the end of the movie. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that wasn't something that was included in the book. I don't believe that I recall. And so I like how they included it in the movie, since it was actually a thing that saved what, as they put it, a significant number of pilots' lives. Yeah. So that was cool. There's there's some really interesting stories about um, the RAF in World War II, and it, you know the planes were lightweight, often made mostly of wood. Right um, mm-hmm. and quite flammable, and so so there's some terrible burn injuries sustained by by those pilots. And there, there's I, I read a book called Extreme Medicine a while back that talked about mm-hmm. like the early experiments with skin grafts to help those those men. Oh, they were essentially institutionalized because they were so disfigured yeah. that they yeah. they were just you know not not in polite society. And once they were able to figure out the skin grafts, um, then some of them could could kind of move back into right. society. Um, but it was really interesting the way they they do it by like taking skin off the leg Oof. and like sewing oh, it yeah. to the arm and and like slowly moving it up to the body to to keep it connected um, to to like you'd sew it from one area into another until it fused in. Then you could disconnect that end and walk it up further on the arm or onto the shoulder Whoa. and do the same thing all the way in, until they wow. could get up onto the face. Um, it was fascinating. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, a lot of those planes are going to have cloth, too. <laughs> yeah, cloth and wood. Yeah. Right? And so, yeah, so when they wood. when yep. they got yep. lit on fire, now, now you yeah. have to make a decision between jumping out of your plane right. or, or trying to land it. And some of them were, you know, yeah. roasting as they landed. I think it was more more so World War One than World War Two, but in World War One they didn't really have they didn't have any weapons actually, like mounted on the planes, right? Uh, so pilots would bring stuff with them, like yeah, drop, bricks drop and chains and, and yeah. things like that. So chains were mo- more so for blocking the other um, pilots. You'd throw the chain in their prop, oh, and then uh, they they would go down because their prop stuck, right? <laughs> but bricks were for people. <laughs> bricks, mm. chains are for planes. So they just drop like random debris on soldiers if you found them, or other other they're planes. There, they're flying over, going, "Now, which one am I supposed to use?" <laughs> <laughs> Remembering the rhyme I was taught: chains are planes, bricks are for people. Yes, the smash chalice from the palace. <laughs> the flagon with the dragon is the brew that is true. Sorry, anytime I can make a Danny K yep. reference. <laughs> As you should. Yeah. True. Okay. Wrapped on that. So uh, for, this will probably come out in January, honestly. Uh, So for our actual normal length episode for January, we have decided to cover Percy Jackson, 
the Lightning Thief specifically, um, because the new television show has started. And so we will talk about the book. We will talk about the original film adaptation. And then we'll talk about like the first half of the show. And then maybe do a follow-up in February of the, you know, how it lands um, and how it sets up, for instance, for a sequel mm-hmm. or for a second season. Will the season, oh. I guess the first season of the show, be the, the Lightning Thief? Book? The, and then we'll be will it move on to another book? I think it that? will. Oh, okay. That would be smart. That would give you at least five years of content. Right. And if yeah. it's popular, then you start to move into the the uh, following series. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 It just seems like um, that. What I see the problem with being with TV shows because we we've had this problem with movies in the past where like oh they left something out right. But if you're doing incrementally a TV show, how do you know they left something out till you get to the end of the show? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I, based, like, oh, based, crap. <laughs> I've already watched the first three episodes, and I can say mm-hmm. based on the pace of it, it's it's paced like it's going to do the whole book in yeah. one, one season. Okay. So ten episodes. I think it's eight. Eight episodes. Yeah. Um. So I so follow yeah. up questions to that, but it doesn't have to be recorded. <laughs> well, the other thing that happens is you do something like The Handmaid's Tale, right? Where right. like the series pretty much covers the book yeah. in the first season, and then it goes for another four seasons okay. into all kinds of directions. I'd be curious expect. to see if how they pace the book versus the movie, or the movie, the show itself, I guess. Um, and I'm thinking of uh, like Harry Potter, mm-hmm. where like the each each book like, gets like consequentially longer the the, long, right. the books go that's because people and, were too afraid to tell joe Rowling, you right. need to edit this <laughs> but the movies do too but the you know you had the chamber of secrets which yeah that's the first one right yeah second one or second one okay so the sorcerer's stone that's right or philosopher's stone mm-hmm. um it was a pretty tight but tight movie and mm-hmm. that they ver they like you know they grow, I guess. I, the, I think the, the movie should have been again. shorter, the first one. Yeah. <laughs> so that kind of thing, I'm wondering the pacing of that. And so it kind of made me want to think about pacing of this show, how it's going to be. Because being a show, you could make it go a lot longer and not seem like it's going a lot longer because it's a TV show, right? So something, and maybe we can talk about this next time. Um, something you can do in a show is go, okay, the real action of the book starts in chapter 15 of 30. You know, mm-hmm. so halfway through, it just jumped. So you can, you can, you could do it so that like, yeah. you could really accelerate to get to the action of the movie and mm-hmm. and dwell on that for most of the series, right? And so, because there's a lot of stuff that kind of happens as a preamble in the in the book. I, I mean, it's really only one chapter until he's at Camp Half Blood. But yeah, um, but yeah, if it, we'll talk about pacing when, yep. when we get there. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, but I have to make sure we talk about because it it's a good topic. Yeah, now that yeah. I'm thinking about it. I like it. Cool, cool, cool. Right, cool I think we're wrapped. Cool, cool. cool. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. All right. <laughs> well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Happy New Year. Uh, belated Merry Christmas. Um, yes. Whatever other Happy holidays you celebrate this time of year. Sol Invictus. We are, we are over the, uh, Happy winter, the winter solstice. solstice. Yes. <laughs> so uh, Hanukkah is a couple weeks in the past. Next Kwanzaa year, is right now. Uh, 2024, uh, Hanukkah starts on Christmas Day. So Really? Thank you, everybody, for listening. And may the road rise up to meet you. Or may the shepherd plane rise up to meet you. (laughs) And may the book always fall open to where you left off. Bye, everyone.